disciple. Jesus had specific words on that. And if you will stand with me and honor the reading of God's Word, um, as always with everything that we do, um, if you have an interest in what we're doing and would like to study it more in its written text, uh, just let me know and I'll email it to you. Uh, during the, the preaching, however, I don't always go beyond slide one, but if I do, you, you don't need to worry with reading it. I'll, I'll, tell, you, <laughs> I'll tell you what it says. So let's, let's read the Word of God today from John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Here's what it said. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, If you continue in My Word, then are you My disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Bow your head. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. I thank you so much, God, for your Spirit that I sense in your house today. Now, God, open our eyes that we can see, and our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us. And then, now that our heart is prepared by operating in the Spirit, may we then apply it to our lives and be changed, transformed into the image of your dear Son. Jesus, we ask you to speak this morning through the Holy Spirit again. And we ask you to show us through the Holy Spirit what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. We will surrender ourselves sanctify ourselves and yield ourselves to that end. And as we receive it, we will release it to your people. And then we will be blessed, we will be corrected, and we will be led and guided by the very words of Jesus Christ. Minister to us in this hour, I pray in the lovely name of Jesus, who is our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. Amen and amen, and you may be seated. Now, there's a couple critical phrases that you need to know. But before I go into those critical phases, I want to ask you in this day, who exactly are you following? Who are you following? Are you following CNN, MSNBC, Newsmax, One American News? Are you following the Democrats or are you following the Republicans? Who are you following today? And everybody has a little bit of bent. But I want to tell you that Jesus talked to the Jews. And He said, those Jews that have believed on Me, you don't need to follow anything else but Me. You don't need to think anything else but Me. Now think about this. He was talking to a group of people who were taught the way of living, thinking, acting, worshiping, and serving under the Jewish religion. And he said to them, now that you believed on me, forget all of that. Now that you believed on me, none of, those, none of that matters. And he said, if you are going to believe on me, then you're going to have to continue. Now the Bible here says in my word, the word there is logos. It is the same word that is used by John to define in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we find out from there, 
as my book says, the ten revelations of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is saying to them, if you are going to continue, you're going to have to continue in me. You're not going to follow what you see. You're not going to follow what you hear. You're not going to follow what you think. You're not going to follow the narrative of the day. You're not going to look into any other thing, any other way, any other idea other than continue in me. Because if you will continue in me, you'll know my word, and my word will then serve to be truth, and from that truth you will be made free. Now, they did not know what was about to happen that would make them free. They didn't understand all that was about to happen to Jesus that would bring him into a place where there would be force applied that would make them free. But Jesus knew because Jesus had been with God and in the Godhead from the foundation of the world, and he knew exactly what lay ahead for him. And so when he said to them, I'm going to give you a truth that's going to come with you through me through such force that you're going to be made free from everything else you're following. Now, my friend, that message applies today. For us, there is a freedom in everything else that we could follow. There is a freedom from following the government, from following the narrative, from following our job, from following our children. In other words, from thinking so much of our children that everything revolves around them. There is a narrative that is greater than that. And that is following Jesus Christ. Because if you follow Jesus Christ, even with your children, you'll bring them up in the way they should go because Christ will be all in all, the center of everything you do, the focus of your life. So Jesus speaks to these Jews and he says, if you want freedom, then you're going to have to know me and you're going to have to follow in me and you're going to have to continue in me. Now what that meant to them was that they were going to have to hold fast to their profession even when Jesus wasn't in their presence. That's a big one. You're going to have to hold fast to your profession even whenever you don't aren't in the confines of the church. Even whenever you're not in and around those who are your, your Christian friends, you're going to have to hold fast to your profession. Can you imagine the Jews who believed in Jesus when he left them and went over into Samaria? Now they're stuck in an area where they are new to Christ. But every message, every thought, everything they heard about was all after their old way of thinking, their old way of living, their old way of doing, their old way of worshiping. Now what do they do? Do they just go back and say, well, we'll live in this old way of living and in our mind we'll believe in Christ? Jesus said you can't do that. He said if you're going to be my disciples, then you're going to have to continue in me. That means that you're going to have to live in the workplace as though Jesus is Lord, even though all of those that are around you may be following a different narrative, operating in a different way, thinking in a different way, doing a different way. You're going to have to operate and follow Jesus Christ in everything that you do. Now, how are you going to do that? That is the question. Well, we sang it this morning. We sang it. The words of the song said, the names, we stand in awe of the names of Jesus. 
My friend, in, the, in, in your Christian life, you are going to have to take a shift. You're going to have to take a shift from wherever you are into the deeper things of God. This is what Paul said in Ephesians 4 and 7. He said, the gift of grace is equal to the measure of the gift of Jesus Christ. Now I begin to look at that and think on what is that? What does that mean? Well, we know the gift of grace. The gift of grace is where God did one means in four parts. He gave us grace that gave us the grace of favor so we could be saved. He gave us grace in the second measure, as the second uh, dimension, and that was the dimension that allowed us to have his influence. Then he gave us grace in the third dimension. And the third dimension was the ability through grace to operate in the way God did things. And the fourth dimension of grace is the dimension of grace whereby heaven is an open window of judgment where every promise of God is yea and amen in Christ Jesus. So there's four dimensions. So Paul says that the dimension of grace is equal to the measure of Jesus Christ. Well, now, wait a minute. Because we've got a dimension happening in the first of Ephesians 4, 7, and we've got a portion happening in the second part of Ephesians 4, 7. So I begin to look at that. What does that mean? What would that mean to me? I can live in the dimensions of grace if I understand the dimensions of grace. I can live in the gift of grace, and I can use my faith to function the gift of grace according to Ephesians 2 and 8. But now what about this measure part? What does that mean? What about this portion part? Well, you know where it goes? It goes to the names of Jesus Christ. Listen to it. Grace in the dimension that brings you the name of Jesus, brings you to the cross. And in the cross, what do you experience? Freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from sin. You experience forgiveness. You experience the healing in the spiritual world that connects you to God. That is a portion of what Jesus Christ has done for you through the dimension of grace. But his name did not stop there. There was a shift that must happen. And the problem with our world today is we ain't taking no shifts. We are sitting still and looking and saying the cross is the cross and it's all we'll ever need. It can't be that way. Why can't it be that way? Because the cross is the last portion of earth of which Jesus experienced until he went and became Lord. You should not be experiencing the cross as your daily place to lay at the feet of the cross. It is the world. It is forgiveness that is there. What you're telling me is that you are living so shallow that sin is encompassing you, ensnaring you, and entrapping you, and so you must remain in the earthly thing. Paul said that your earthly body needed to dissolve and put on a heavenly body. We got to shift, friends. If we don't shift from the cross, we will never die in the tomb. If we don't shift from the cross, we will never be able to watch what Jesus said. Don't hear me, but hear the word. Continue in my word. Why? Because there's going to be something that is going to be a force 
that is going to be caused by my name that is going to change you, translate you into the kingdom of his dear son. And when you get into that kingdom, you will walk into that kingdom through the names of Jesus Christ. This is real. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, you continue in my word. You continue in me. Well, where was he going? Well, he was going to the cross. Everybody knows that. He was headed to the cross. He was going to die. What was he going to die for? He was going to die for sin. What would happen to man when they came to the cross? Well, they would take a shift. What would they shift from? Sin. What would they go to? They would go to a reconnection in their spirit man with God. They would shift. They would follow Jesus. Paul said, uh, follow me as I follow Christ. Be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. Now watch. What did Paul say about Jesus Christ in the 1 Corinthians chapter 1? He is the one that turned us on to his names. Because from verses 1 through 9, Paul identifies Jesus Christ as Lord. And he runs it through verse 9 in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Why? Because there is a shift that occurs in the names of Jesus. And if you don't operate in that shift, you will remain in the earthly thing and remain at the cross. The cross was the place where blood was shed, but grace was dispensed. What was grace dispensed for? The dimension of favor. Now we move on into the next dimension of grace. When we get to the tomb, we have to take a shift. What shift is that, Pastor? It is the shift where we die to our flesh. It is a shift where we preserve the spirit man, but our outer man is buried. Then there comes another shift. If we don't take it, we will never go anywhere in Christ because everything that Jesus did is associated with his names. We can stay at the cross and stay in Jesus. And we will run the cycle of sin day after day after day after day. We could go to the tomb and die. There lay down our flesh and be changed. How do we know we're changed? Because the Bible said that when Jesus Christ came back into the tomb after being shifted from the resurrection back into a body of which Mary spoke with and laid upon and he spoke to her and she identified him as rabbi or master, something changed in Jesus. What was it, Pastor? He didn't look the same. He didn't act the same. His voice sounded the same. But what he did was now operating from a heavenly dimension of grace where Jesus was able to act in the dimension of the way God does things. Whoa, now wait a minute, preacher. What are you talking about? Jesus, all of a sudden, once he came out of hell, clothed in a new garment of righteousness and pure white, he had the ability in that dimension to transport himself into heaven. Prove it to me, Pastor. He said, Mary, don't touch me now because in just shortly I've got to go to my father and your father. And so don't hold me here on earth. I've got to shift into a heavenly dimension. 
Jesus was doing and making these shifts in order to say to us, Follow, continue in me. Don't stop at the cross. Don't stop where your flesh dies. Go on over to where you can grab the keys of death and hell and be raised up in a new garment, fresh and white as snow, and begin to operate in a new dimension of grace. Oh, yeah. Now he goes and becomes the high priest. You've got to go into the priesthood, my friend. You are called to be a royal priest. You are called to be a holy nation. How are you going to get there? You ain't going to get there by sitting at the cross. Not going to happen. You're going to have to follow him into the place of truth where the force of what Jesus Christ accomplished in the cross is run to the tomb where your flesh dies. It's run to the resurrection where you are brought out in a new garment where you are brought out in a new dimension of grace. Now you're going into the priesthood where you learn how to do the thing that will change your life. Now watch what I'm about to say here. If you don't learn this and you don't understand it, you will never ever become what it is God has called you to be. Because it is in the priesthood where grace and the blood are brought together. The worship of grace and the blood are brought together. In the priesthood, the Bible said he sprinkled uh, uh, blood on the vessels of ministry. It is there that you learn how to worship and take grace, whatever dimension of grace you are in need of, and the blood, put them together. Now watch what the Bible said. He said you would know truth and the truth by force would make you free. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it right here. Now stand close to me. Watch it. Grace and the blood would be formed in you by Christ Jesus. So when grace and the blood are formed in you by Christ Jesus, you are operating out of a royal priesthood and you have become a holy nation. And by being a holy nation, what are you operating from? The grace that is in the measure of of the name and the work of Jesus Christ. Now having that measure, you're able to worship by grace, putting blood and putting faith to it. You have a substance that becomes an evidence, and the next thing you know, you are manifesting the light that is in Jesus Christ, the resurrected one, the high priest, and now this life of grace and faith that has come through the measure of the gift of Jesus Christ begins to do things for you in your life. Oh, what a ministry. Oh, what a blessing. Oh, what a Jesus. But we've never understood it because we sing about the names of Jesus, but we don't understand them. We don't know what they're accomplishing. We don't know what they're doing in our lives. Why? Because no one ever tells us that when we stand in awe of the names of Jesus, we are standing in awe of Jesus from the cross, Jesus in the tomb, resurrected as Christ, the anointed victorious one, moving on up in the heavenly dimension of grace to become your high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And when that was accepted, he shifted again and he became Lord. See, these things are ours and we do not know them. Why? Because we have not continued in his word. Remember whenever I said, whenever I began, who are you following and who are you listening to? 
Who are you following and who are you listening to? There are a lot of guys that do a good job with preaching. They're good wordsmiths. They, they tell you a lot of things. They speak a lot of words. They mumble and jumble the Scripture, however. They mumble and jumble the Scripture because they would tell you. Now watch it now, and I built a message on this this week, the correct operation of the Holy Ghost. They would tell you that the Holy Spirit, when you got saved, you got everything you've ever needed. No, 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 my friend. No, 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 no. No, let me say it again in another way. No. No, no. Why? Because the Holy Ghost came for one reason in the work of Jesus Christ. What was that? To reveal Jesus Christ. That's why he came. He did not come to reveal himself in you. He did not come to reveal his person in you. He came to reveal Jesus Christ. What was it about Jesus Christ that was necessary for him to reveal? Well, it was necessary for you to know that Jesus Christ died for your sin. It was necessary for him to reveal to you that Jesus Christ buried your flesh in the tomb. It was necessary for him for, to reveal to you that Jesus Christ was risen victorious from the grave. It was necessary for him to reveal to you that Jesus Christ became the high priest over his own sacrifice. It was necessary for the Holy Ghost to reveal that Jesus Christ became Lord. Now, once Jesus Christ became all of those shifts that you must take in your spiritual life, then and only then, now watch it right here, because we're going to explode, we're going to explode, explode some doctrine. Only then did Jesus Christ reveal the Holy Ghost to the world. Only then did he reveal the promise of the Father to the world. You see, my friend, Jesus Christ is in this. In every work that goes from the cross to him being returned to the man in the Godhead. And he is in the first five works all to be revealed as himself. Why? So that you can know his names and so that you can know the truth. And the truth will, by the force of his names, bring you into the knowledge of the peace that comes for you by what Jesus did. Now, it wasn't until the sixth work that the Holy Ghost was revealed as being in mankind. It was in the sixth work, whenever he returned to God as the man in the Godhead bodily, that he sent back the promise of the Father. You see, we've got this thing all been up and been out of shape, and we're following things and listening to voices that are not rightly dividing the word of truth. They are telling us some things about the Bible. And I used to have a college assistant, great guy, great friend of mine, who would say these words, there's a kernel of truth in it. And that's true. There are kernels of truth in the messages that we hear. But when we are hearing people tell us that we have all of the Holy Spirit we will ever need because we believed on Jesus Christ and He saved us, my friend, He did not come to reveal Himself. He came to reveal Jesus. And if we understand that, we will take the shift with Jesus. We will move along the pattern and do what Paul said. Follow me as I follow Jesus. That's critical. That's critical. If you're going to be a disciple, you're going to have to follow Jesus. 
You're going to have to lay aside the local narrative. You're going to have to lay aside the overarching general conclusion of the, those that have been through the cemeteries and brought out of the cemeteries a great education. You're going to have to get away from those that are in that seminary cemetery that are telling you things that are out of man's intellect and go back to the Word of God. Because the Word of God is not a lie. It has never been a lie. And it has never been dissected by man correctly if man is attempting to do it intellectually. Won't happen. Ain't going to happen. Ain't possible for it to happen. All we got to do is do what Jesus said. Continue in me. How hard is that? Well, it must be hard. Because we got a lot of people preaching, teaching a lot of things out of the same book. Got a lot of people talking out of the word of God. Giving things that are detrimental to the direction of the lives of those that are hearing. But my friend. If you're going to be a disciple of Christ, you're going to have to follow Him. You're going to have to follow Him in His steps. You're going to have to follow Him in His walk. You're going to have to follow Him in His spirit. You're going to have to follow Him in His thoughts. You're going to have to follow Jesus. You're not going to have to be able to make up your own idea about what you believe and what you want to believe and what you're willing to accept. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. He is the answer. He has given us all of the answers we need. What is that? All we have to do is look at what Jesus said. And then pair that with what Paul said in Ephesians 4, 7. He said, continue in me. Continue in what I say. Continue with me. Go with me. Listen to me. Watch what I do. And I will show you the truth that will operate out of force. Now, wait, wait a minute. I will show you the truth that will operate out of force. Now, here's what we have in our church. Now, watch that word right there. Make, make, make. Make is a big word. Make looks like a little word to you, but it's a big word in Bible terms. Because it means force. It means taking something from the condition of which it was, tearing it apart, taking those same parts, putting it back together until it's something brand new. That's force. That's force. Now we can take a car who's been torn up and we can put it back together. That's change. Torn up. Changed, fixed, looks just like the old one. That's not what we're talking about in this word make. This word force means that what has been done has obliterated everything that was. But taken the parts that was obliterated and put it back together until it is something that is absolutely transformed, new, and totally different. Jesus said, my truth will make you free. Now think about that word, because he operated in a force. What did he do? His force obliterated sin. That's what it did. Obliterated it. It destroyed sin. It eradicated sin from anyone who would believe on him. That's what he did at the cross. Then that same force went to the tomb and took your flesh that was covered and steeped in sin.
and buried it there and said, your flesh no longer exists in that form. You're no longer who you were. You don't act like you used to. You don't talk like you used to. You don't think like you don't love like you used to. You don't have the same peace, that old peace that would be great when you were high on drugs and hit you down. In the, no, 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 no. You got a peace that is consistent, that is good, that is strong, that goes with you everywhere you go. And when troubles come, guess what? I am kept in perfect peace. Why? Because I found the mechanism to be there. My flesh is dead. Nah, he didn't stop there, though. He said, you've got to keep going. There's a more force that's going to happen. You're going to be changed completely. You're going to be transformed. You're going to go from death to absolute life. And that's what happened in the resurrection. The spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus infused your body. Brought about in you a complete revelation of change. Transformed you out of darkness into His glorious light. And you came out of the resurrection with Jesus Christ clothed differently. You not only had a new body, you wore a new garment. That garment was pure white. It was absolutely pleasing. You know what that garment was called? It's the garment of righteousness. Glory to God. You met the standard of God. Now you are following. How did that happen? A force hit you. A force changed you. Follow me, continue in me, and I'll bring truth because I will put into your life a force that will transform you. I will put into your life a force that will make you totally something you were not, nor could you have ever considered being. Then he moved on and said, now not only has this force changed you, this force is going to make you a spiritual dynamo. You're going to become a priest after my own order. You're going to become a priest. Why would it make you a dynamo? Because Jesus said that it would make you his brethren. Jesus said it would sanctify you. It would make you absolutely perfect. Why? Why? For what purpose? So that you could enter into the throne room of God. There you could find grace and mercy to help in time of need. You will not enter there unless you follow in His steps. The world is walking without that force, my friends. The churches are walking without that force. They're walking without that power. They're walking without that presence. They're talking about what could be done. They're talking about what should be done. But they are not operating in the shift that brings the force. What I want out of my life in Christ is the operation of force. I stood beside that man's bed this week. I'll never forget it as long as I live. And I spoke into his body. The Holy Ghost said to me, when you get there, do this. So I did. Why? I don't know nothing else to do. I don't know how to do it any other way. I can't do it in my own intellect. I can't do it and say, well, now I hope God does something for you. No, no, no. So I stood beside his bed and I said the words, the only thing I knew to say. Give him the only thing I knew to give him. I said in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak to this disease and I say, stand down. I felt the Spirit of God. I'm going to tell you, they did too. The room went deathly silent. 
I said, I say to you in the name of Jesus, all I got. I don't have any. Why? It's the only force I have. I can't give him money. Money won't help him. I can't give him health. I don't have the power to. I have but one force of truth. That force is in the name of Jesus Christ, my high priest, my Lord, and my man in the Godhead, you see. So I spoke to him in the only force that I could come up, and the world does not understand it, does not have it. You know why? Because when they get sick, they call on people like me to pray for them. They call on people that know the word of prayer and know the names of Jesus to pray for them. I've walked into rooms where there were preachers of another denomination standing in the room and they called and said, come pray. Why? Because there's a force, my friend, that comes about in the life of a Holy Ghost-filled believer whenever they stand in the name of the force of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. If you want to be his disciple, you're going to have to follow him along these steps. Bow your heads and close your eyes. There's a force, my friends, in him. There's a force in him. That force comes from what... Now watch it here. Pay close attention while your heads are bowed. That force comes from the places he's been. That force, watch it now, comes from the places he has been. There is a force over sin, it came at the cross. There's a force over flesh, it came at the tomb. There is a force over the deliverance from all of the de degradation and sin and power over it. and ability to walk in the garment of newness that came from the resurrection. There is a force that measures and puts together the portion of Jesus Christ in the blood and grace that comes to us through the priesthood. There is a portion, there is a measure, there is a force in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. There is a force in Him and the Godhead that all comes to us as we follow Him. Now you stay wherever you want to stay. You can stay in sin if that's what you want to do. You can stay at the cross if that's what you want to do. Or you can move with Him. Find truth in Him. And live in the force of the power of His presence in every step of your life. That's up to you. Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciples, you're going to have to continue in me. You're going to have to continue in me. In other words, you're going to have to step where I stepped. Starting with the cross, moving to the tomb, walking on over to the force of the resurrection, shifting into the priesthood. I don't have time today to go on into the shift into His Lordship and the man in the Godhead bodily. But I want to tell you today, there is force in this. There is power in this. There is truth in this. Now you pray right there and say, Lord, forgive me if I have chosen not to shift with you. Forgive me if I have chosen to remain stagnant in one place, never following your names, 
never operated in the things that brought about the force for my freedom. No wonder, Father, I am stuck in some areas of my life. No wonder, Father, I'm stuck thinking and acting like I do. No wonder, no wonder, no wonder. Because I didn't shift. I stayed in first gear all my life. I, I have stayed where I was. But I've heard truth today. I've heard truth that's going to transform me. Because I'm going to take grace in the dimension that's required. And I'm going to put it with the measure of the portion of what you did for me in the tomb, in the resurrection, as the high priest, and as the man in the Godhead bodily. I'm going to shift today. I'm going to shift. I'm going to come into the force that these places, these dimensions of grace have offered. And I'm going to be transformed today. I'm going to live today forward, continuing in your word, so that I can be your disciple indeed. And continuing in your word until I can know truth that I will find at every step you take. And that every step that I find about you will bring a force that will allow me to live this life as more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. That will give me power over everything in my life. Power to say the name of Jesus. Put grace with the blood. And have it formed in me until it manifests out of me. The substance of grace and the blood and the evidence of healing, of financial blessing. The evidence of peace, the evidence of encouragement, the evidence of power, the evidence of His presence, the evidence of an ability to have revelation from His Word, the evidence of His ability to pray. It's me, it's for me, I take it, it belongs to me. I see it today. It's mine. There's a force in me, a dynamo that is waiting to be revealed and released. And today, I reveal it, and today I release it. It will become my guiding power. It will become my leader that is going to show me great and mighty things that are to come, that is going to speak through me, that is going to minister out of me because of what you have formed in me. Now, if that's you, I want you to stand today and lift your hands and say, Father, I take it. I receive it today from you. I received the word today from you. Your force, grace, is in me. I'm saved and I know it. I want to live in the force of truth that only can come to me as I know Jesus Christ, my high priest, my Lord, my man and God. It's a force that I take. It's a force that I take into myself. And it's a force that I release out of myself. The power of the Holy Spirit. Revealing Jesus in me. And I speak that name out of me today. I take it out of me today. I take it out of me today. I release it out of me today. I release it out of me today. I release it out of me today. 
continuing in you by the force of your word. By the force of Jesus that lives in me. I take it. I receive it. And it's mine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm a disciple because I continue in Him and live in force. Now, I want to speak to those of you that are on our media outreaches today, and I want to tell you, if you know Him, then this force belongs to you. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, Pray this simple prayer. Father, forgive me, I'm a sinner. I accept you and what you've done at the cross for me. I will serve you and live you and, and live for you and I will make Jesus Christ my Lord. And if you did that, then you've come to know Him today. Because the Bible said that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. Now you must move into the force of truth that comes from His names. Those of you that are saved and do not, have never been taught the force of His names, well, you have now. Begin to live in the force that is made for you by the truth of who Jesus Christ is. Continue in Him. Now, Father, as I raise my hand to that camera, I pray your power upon your people. I pray your presence upon your people. I pray that they would receive today the beautiful ministry of your presence and the force of which they are made by the understanding of truth. I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, my friends, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I appreciate you today. If you want to be a disciple, then you're going to have to go places that a disciple must go. Now, Father, I pray that you will bless everyone. Keep them in the hollow of your hand. Bring them back to worship. Bring them to fellowship. We will give you praise and honor and glory for all of it. And before we go, Father, I pray that you will bless Dominic and Haley as they leave our midst that you'll touch their lives, that you'll keep them safe in your hand, that the angels of God will minister to them, and that everywhere they go and every step they take, two things will happen. The ministry of truth that we've preached and they've heard will go with them, and your blessing will follow. Keep them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Now, we, we will not have a 6 p.m. tonight because I have to be in, in Greensboro at 530. I'll probably post that Monday, uh, sometime on Monday. God bless you until we have the chance to meet again.